What is going on, Yankee fans? Jeremy Laracuente here for the Pinstripe Plunge Report. And today we get baseball back. So um, recording this actually Friday morning before the first Yankee spring training game of the 2022 campaign against the Pittsburgh Pirates. So uh, a very, very big, important day for the New York Yankees to begin and commence with their 2022 season. So uh, there's a few things we got to get into on, on today's show. So let's dive right in with the first major, major topic. And obviously, if you're following the New York Yankees, you know that they made a very big trade this uh, past week after the lockout was over and the transaction freeze was lifted. The New York Yankees, after being silent for the very first weekend of it, would make a trade and send Gary Sanchez and Gio Urshela to the Minnesota Twins for Josh Donaldson and Isaiah Kiner-Falefa and a catcher named uh, Ben Rorvet. So the the idea of th- this trade, uh, when it first went down, the, the reaction was heavily mixed, um, you know, on my YouTube channel, the Baseball Banter Broadcast, I did a, an entire video um, discussing the the trade, and if you want to check that out. But you know, I, I think that there's an opportunity to kind of dive in a little bit deeper here um, on, on the podcast to to kind of really give some some more thoughts now um, that we've had more time to kind of digest d- different things about this trade. And um, hopefully, hopefully Donaldson can stay healthy because to me that's the the biggest factor of this. Um, if he can stay healthy, you know, this is a, a guy who's a former MVP. And if he stays healthy, this is definitely somebody that can help the team. You know, I, I think that there's a lot to – kind of like about this trade um there's some things to obviously question about it um for me the biggest question mark about this donaldson kind of falefa geo gary trade is taking on josh donaldson's 50 million dollars now to me what the the details of this trade uh what what kind of probably happened in the conversation for this deal was it was no secret everybody knew that the Yankees were very very interested in Isaiah Kiner Falefa, and the Twins had just acquired him from the Rangers. It almost felt like it was a three team deal because uh, of how quickly uh, you know IKF was was traded from Texas to Minnesota and from Minnesota to the Yankees, um, literally within a, a three day span, but. To me, it, it seemed as if the Yankees were going after him from Texas. Uh, Texas didn't want anything that the Yankees were willing to offer, but they kind of were able to work out through an extra step um, in acquiring him. But I also think that the reason the Yankees were able to acquire him was that they had to package Donaldson and his contract with them. Now, that to me is where I have a little bit of a gripe with this trade. Um, 
because I don't think that taking on $50 million of Josh Donaldson's contract for the next two seasons really makes it worth it to bring in Isaiah kind of falefa Now, IKF is very, very versatile, extremely versatile player. I mean, shortstop, third base, second base, the man even even catches. So, you know, this this is a guy who, in a pinch, you can put him basically anywhere. And again, if Josh Donaldson is healthy, this is a great move for the New York Yankees. And while the names aren't sexy, it's not the, the names we were looking for going into the offseason – the Yankees did improve on certain things that we wanted, you know, on certain things that I was looking for them to improve on. And when you look at what the team now looks like, right, with, with Donaldson, with IKF, bringing back Anthony Rizzo that we're going to get into in a moment, there's a lot to like about this team, right? And And there's definitely improvements to the team. But it really comes down to the question of are we so much better than we were last season to the point where we're not going to get knocked out in the first round of the playoffs again? Because while most most organizations, right, and this is where we're kind of spoiled as Yankee fans, most fans of other organizations would be gladly to to have the the kind of lineage that the Yankees have of making the postseason every year. But for us, it's not enough. You know, for us, it is World Series or bust. You know, we grew up through the George Steinbrenner era. Most of the, most Yankee fans right now have lived through the the boss. And the boss put forth that mentality of it's World Series or, or bust or it's a lost season, a failure of a season if you don't win the World Series. And the Yankees haven't been there since 2009. They haven't even reached the World Series since 2009. So when you look at these th- this deal, right, for Donaldson, IKF, Ben Wortvet, you're now having to, to question whether or not these are solid moves, enough, enough moves to get you to the World Series. And, you know, one of the things that I was making mention of on past prior episodes of the podcast was the Yankees needed a player with, with some edge, with some fire. You know, uh, I was looking for Carlos Correa. But Donaldson has that in spades. I mean, this uh, Brian Cashman would say, you know, that this is a guy who plays with a with a chip on his shoulder, uh, you know, and, and I, I, that's one of the main things that I wanted out of the season. Again, not not the names we were looking for. Um, obviously, we were looking for the the top tier, high priced free agents that we know the Yankees can afford. Um, especially when you look at the the contract that let's say Freddie Freeman signed, um, you know, and, and not to I don't want to knock Anthony Rizzo right because let let's get into the Rizzo conversation. Anthony Rizzo is a very good baseball player. He absolutely helps this team 
He improves this team. It's a left-handed bat, a guy who has the ability to be contact-oriented, a guy who is still going to be able to hit for some power, especially at Yankee Stadium now. This is going to be a guy who plays gold-glove caliber defense. So there's no knock on Anthony Rizzo. I think that Anthony Rizzo absolutely helps the New York Yankees. He helps push them towards a better position in the postseason. But Anthony Rizzo is not Matt Olson. Anthony Rizzo is not Freddie Freeman. And, you know, when you look at the the tiering, right, of the free agents, of the, the potential acquisition players, the potentially acquirable players, I should say, Freddie Freeman should have been the easiest to acquire because it's just money, right? Same, same regard for Anthony Rizzo. But it, when you tear out the the level of player, it was clearly Freddie Freeman, Matt Olson, Anthony Rizzo. And as much as I like Rizzo, Rizzo was the fallback plan. And the fact that the Yankees are were unable to to facilitate a deal with Freddie Freeman and seeing him go to the Dodgers for six years, one sixty two. Almost feels like like a question. Like, how were the Yankees priced out of the Freddie Freeman market when when it was one sixty two for six years? How did the Yankees get priced out of that market? So that's that's what I need to understand, right? But. Again, there's there's an opportunity for Rizzo to be an absolute help to this team, to very much improve this team. So I don't want it to sound like a knock on Anthony Rizzo because I think Rizzo is going to have a very, very good year for us. Uh, you know, we would see him in spring training, some images of, of him in spring training. He looks like he's he's lost some weight. Not that he was overweight to begin with, but, you know, this is also going to help him going into this season so uh, I, I think that there's an opportunity for the Yankees to really be a better team than they were in 2021 um, but it almost feels marginally better right when you look at the IKF Donaldson trade we traded away Gio Urshela and Gary Sanchez and we also brought in a, a catcher in Ben Rortvet now all of the numbers, um, when you look at just the, the regular statistical values, Ben Rortvet isn't going to be a guy that really blows you away. But defensively, this is going to be a guy that helps improve the team a bit. And by all reports, by all accounts, that's what the Yankees were, how the Yankees were looking to improve wasn't necessarily a big boost uh, and a big jump offensively, but elevating the team marginally on the edges, right? Improving the defense, something they were able to do with Donaldson and, and IKF and Rortvet, you know, Anthony Rizzo, all of these little things that were going to kind of help increase and improve the defense for the New York Yankees. But 
there's options. There, there were options there that could have truly elevated both sides of the ball, right? Both aspects, both offensively and defensively for the New York Yankees, in my opinion. Going out and getting Carlos Correa, who has been arguably the best defensive shortstop in 2021, on top of being one of the best offensive players in baseball, not just at the shortstop position, really pushes your team to another level, right? Going out, getting Freddie Freeman, who is the best first baseman in baseball, improves your team, not just marginally, but significantly. Now, uh, on our YouTube channel, the Baseball Banter Broadcast, I'm starting to put together uh, our video series for the states of, um, it's basically a state of the union address for each team. And, you know, we're, we're going to look at all of the things that the New York Yankees did this offseason. We're going to really break it down objectively and look for the, the positives of it, to look for the, the best reasons, the best things going forward. And um, I want to hear from you guys. You know, let me know. You, you can reach out to me uh, on Twitter at JLaterQuente19 um, with your questions, with your comments, things that you want to know. Uh, reach out. Let me know what you're feeling about the team. I'd love to hear from you guys to be able to to know what the fan base is is feeling beyond those that I interact with on Twitter. So uh, reach out. Let me know that this is going to be a very interesting season uh, across Major League Baseball. Um, but to me, for the New York Yankees, I, I think that there's a lot to to really like about this team. But I felt this offseason so far that there was things that could have made us really love this team. Now, one of the uh, kind of down notes that we're, we're dealing with right now is Domingo Herman. It was reported that Domingo Herman has a shoulder injury and he was placed on the 60-day IL, uh, which is how we got Anthony Rizzo on the 40-man roster. Domingo was supposed to be a part of this this rotation um, in, in 2022. Um, where that now leaves the New York Yankees in terms of their rotation is a question mark. We know that they were involved, uh, rumored to be involved in conversations for Frankie Montas and, and Sean Manaya from the Oakland A's. If the Yankees are able to, to acquire one or both of those guys, um, without a doubt, it's going to improve this team exponentially. I think that that's right now is the biggest area of need for the Yankees is more pitching help. Um, I think that we have a very solid bullpen, a very good bullpen, but starting pitching is really where you're going to, to have success in this league. You know, um, they say that pitching and, and defense wins championships and the Yankees have gone out to improve their defense. Uh, and now they need to shore up that pitching. That, that pitching staff is going to be absolutely a, a big-time need for the New York Yankees, in my opinion. I think that when you have rely five, at least five reliable starters, you're probably going to need seven or eight over the course of the year. You know, the Yankees have Garrett Cole. Uh, Luis Severino, by all accounts, is looking phenomenal. 
and pitching phenomenally uh, in the early parts of, of spring training. Jordan Montgomery, Nestor Cortez, and, you know, then we have our young guys, Debbie Garcia, Clark Schmidt, Luis Heal. These guys are, by all accounts, going to be very, very solid contributors to the New York Yankee rotation in 2022 and beyond. So losing Domingo Herman likely shouldn't be as big a deal for the New York Yankees to be able to absorb as some other clubs, right? But if the Yankees were able to to make a trade for Frankie Montas, for Sean Manai, for both, now you're talking the Yankees' rotation is going to be amongst the very best in baseball. Right now, you know, in no particular order, you think about the, the White Sox rotation, you think about the Mets rotation. And if the Yankees are able to get one or both of these these guys from Oakland, now the Yankees rotation is right in there as well. You know, I, I think that there's a, a lot of sleeper picks and, and sleeper candidates for some very, very top-tier, all-star level performances coming out of the Yankee rotation this year. Um, I think that they're going to be very underrated. I think that they're going to be uh, a, a pitching staff that gets overlooked. And, and I think that's going to help the New York Yankees. I think that's really going to allow us to kind of sneak in under the radar and truly be able to surprise some teams with how good we're able to pitch. Um, obviously, everybody's going to know about the offense, the the way that this team is is built on power. But I also think that there's an opportunity now with the way this team has been constructed, right? Is and again, I'm gonna keep harping on this fact because it wasn't just it wasn't the the names that we were expecting, but this team has improved. Now it feels like it's improved marginally, but you also have to take into account we had a down season last year from DJ LeMayhew. You expect to bounce back. Glaber moving back over to second base as opposed to uh, playing shortstop where he was a, one of the worst defenders at, at the position, you now improve there as well. And, yes, you bring in a guy like IKF who's not really going to hit you a ton. But I think that there's an opportunity with, you know, our hitting coaches now with Dylan Lawson that IKF could turn into something, right? We were completely, you know, bewildered at the Didi Gregorius trade when that was made, you know, to – bring in a guy who was a nothing hitting lefty to replace the great Derek Jeter. Somehow the Yankees were able to make Didi a formidable threat at the plate for those couple of seasons in the Bronx. And now he's back to being the Didi Gregorius from before. But if the Yankees can, can turn IKF around at the plate, right? We don't need him to be a three thirty hitter. We don't need him to hit, you know, 30 home runs. If he can hit, 260 while playing gold glove caliber defense at short. That's all you really need from him. This is going to be a guy who's going to hit in, in, in the seventh, eighth, ninth spot in the order. This isn't going to be a guy that that's going to crack the top six of this lineup. Because when you look at this lineup, there's, there's firepower through this lineup. You're talking DJ LeMahieu, Aaron judge, Josh Donaldson, Joey Gallo, right? Anthony Rizzo, Giancarlo Stanton. You're not cracking the top six of this lineup with a guy like IKF. 
So that's not something that we really have to worry about. But if the Yankees hitting coaches and their process of hitting strikes hard, that's the mantra. If we can get that into IKF, who by all accounts is super excited to be here, grew up a Yankees fan. There's the, the photo circulating online now of him in the bleachers with his dad when he was a young kid. And so I will take somebody that's a Yankee fan that is capable of improving some aspect of this team. And IKF is going to be a versatile player. Obviously he's built to play shortstop. That's, that's where they're going to put him. But let's say at the time of this recording, Carlos Correa is still a free agent. Let's say the Yankees go get Correa. I don't think that it's going to happen at this point as much as I would love for it to happen. But let's say that happens. Now you have a guy capable of playing second, third, short, as well as catcher in a pinch if you need to. That type of versatility is truly going to help the team exponentially. On top of the fact that he's a gold glove caliber defender. Now you have DJ LeMahieu and IKF that are gold glove caliber defenders. You know, and I think that there's a possibility that Glaber might be a part of a package that goes to Oakland for Frankie Montas and Sean Manaya. I think Luke Voigt is going to be a part of some sort of package, trade package. There's conversations that the San Diego Padres are interested in Luke Voigt. There's no doubt if the Yankees are, are seriously in conversations with Oakland for Frankie Montas and Sean Manaya, that there's going to be some significant changes to this ball club uh, in, in order to make that happen. So when we look at, at the, the construction of this team, yes, there's going to be some questions. There's going to be, you know, some things that we need to kind of sort out in, in terms of coming to a realization of the expectations for this team. I think that this is going to be a very solid team through 162. Obviously, the question for us as Yankee fans, though, is what are you going to do for me in the postseason? Because that's where it comes down to for us. It's World Series or bust. Like, that is the the entire question of things, right? So, the Yankees would also make some uh, minor moves. They would bring in uh, Ronald Guzman, who was the, the first baseman for the Rangers on a minor league signing with an invite to spring training. Uh, Phillip Evans, who's a infield outfielder utility guy uh, on a again minor league invite to uh, major league spring training camp and they would re-sign Tim LaCastro now the Tim LaCastro signing to me is one that I really like and I'm going to tell you why It, it, it serves a couple of purposes right First and foremost, by bringing in a guy like Tim LaCastro, who's versatile in and of itself, you know, he has speed, which is something that the Yankees have not had over the last couple of seasons. But the other thing uh, about the LaCastro signing to me that I really like is that it seems now that the Yankees are out of the Brett Gardner market. And as much as I loved Gardy, uh, I think that he was uh, very good for the clubhouse chemistry of the New York Yankees over the last couple of seasons. He's no longer the player that he once was. And I don't mean the anomaly where he had, what, 28 home runs as a career high. That was an absolute just anomaly and probably more so because of the juice balls that Major League Baseball was using at the time. But the the clubhouse chemistry that, that Gardy provided was very good for the team. 
but I think this team now needs an edge. And, and and I said it, you know, a few weeks ago on the podcast, we got Donaldson now to, to be that fire, to be that, that brash player that we were looking for, um, that I was looking for. And, you know, while I think Guardy would have been f- just fine in that clubhouse, even with the, the kind of more fiery personality, Tim LeGastro is going to be a, a better option because he's younger, you know, capable of playing all three outfield spots, capable of running a little bit. Yes. This is going to be a, a you know, a guy who wasn't going to hit much, um, but there's very little doubt that this, will help the Yankees, again, in certain aspects. When you're looking at speed, when you're looking at, you know, versatility in the outfield, a guy capable of playing all three outfield spots, this is going to be a guy that absolutely helps the New York Yankees. So that, to me, is going to be an opportunity for New York to, again, continue to to grow and continue to get better, um, even if it just seems like it's on the margins. If you do... Marginal improvements across the board in four or five, six different areas. Now you're getting significantly better. It just didn't seem like the one big move, the one big jump that we were kind of all hoping for this this offseason. But the Yankees have improved. And, and I think that's the, the biggest thing that we have to kind of hang our hat on. The biggest thing that we have to, you know, look forward to in 2022 is that there are significant improvements across the board even though there weren't that one big signature move, in my opinion. Um, obviously, the the signature of this offseason was finally trading away Gary Sanchez. And, and I know it came at the expense uh, of a fan favorite in Gio Urshela, but I think that while Gio did a very good job for us the, the few years that he was here, I think we saw the best of, of what Gio can provide. And, and I don't think that we were going to get much more than that. You know, when you look at what the offensive hope for is for IKF, it was the max potential of a guy like Gio Urshela. 260, maybe hit you, you know, 10 to 15 home runs tops. That is something that we can get from IKF, in my opinion, right? We might not get the the 10 to 15 home runs. Um, It might more than likely would be that 5 to 10 range. But guy that's going to hit you 260, play really good defense, you know, that's going to be that improvement, right? And then if Donaldson can stay healthy, he's far going to outweigh the production, the the value that you get from Gary Sanchez and Gio Urshela together, right? Uh, MLB Network does their their top 10 right now at each position. Something that I also provided my own top 10 on our YouTube channel, Baseball Banter Broadcast. So check that out. But Donaldson was number five right now, going into 2022 on MLB Network's top 10 third baseman right now. Number five on the list over guys like Nolan Arenado, Manny Machado. This was absolutely kind of really astounding to me in reality. The fact that you're talking Yon Moncada, Anthony Rendon, like I said, Machado, Arenado, Chris Bryant. These are names that Josh Donaldson was over. Matt Chapman didn't even make the list uh, for the shredder, um, the algorithmic 
uh, you know, decider of the the top ten right now. That's uh, to me is very significant. Austin Riley, the the third baseman for the Atlanta Braves, who's going to be one of the best players in twenty twenty two, in my opinion, wasn't on the list. Josh Donaldson was number five. According to the Shredder, the only third baseman that were better than him was Jose Ramirez, Rafael Devers, Alex Bregman, and Justin Turner. Even with injury issues, even with going into you know his his age 36, 37 season. So there's there's things that if Donaldson can stay healthy, he's really going to help us with. Now, lastly, before we uh, close out the podcast today, Hal Steinbrenner was asked about a potential extension for Aaron Judge. And I have a lot to say about Hal Steinbrenner right now, and not all of it is PG enough for this show. Um, But... I think that the New York Yankees need to understand who and what they have with Aaron Judge and get him locked into a long-term extension. On our chan- on our on my YouTube channel, the Baseball Banter Broadcast, I did an entire video on an Aaron Judge extension, what it should look like, what the the parameters need to be in terms of the the years and the dollars. Um, I want to hear from you guys though. Hit me up on Twitter, jlaraquente19, and let me know what kind of extension you would offer to Aaron Judge. Because this is absolutely our franchise star. This is absolutely the the guy that is the face of the New York Yankees right now. This is your best player, without question. Right? This is the guy that you market. This is the guy that you absolutely go to bat for. The fans absolutely root for. I mean, the, the he has his own section entitled after him at Yankee Stadium, right? The Yankees don't don't do these kind of gimmicky things of that nature, right? So, without question, this is the guy that you build your franchise around. You need to, without question, build around him long-term. Now, yes, there's obviously this is a player that you have no idea, really, how he's going to age because we, we don't really see guys of, of his stature in the game of baseball. So, obviously, there's going to be questions there, right? What he's going to be able to give the New York Yankees long-term. But you have to take that chance. You have to give Aaron Judge because outside of of some fluky, you know, hit-by-pitches and and injury things of that nature, knock on wood, this this is a player that's been relatively healthy. And if you can get a healthy Aaron Judge – I mean, the man is capable of over 50 home runs. We, we see this. We know this. Get him locked in long term. And, and Hal Steinbrenner's kind of beating around the bush answers are really getting on my last nerve. I think that we need 
uh, an owner that is going to invest in this team and not just reinvest what they make, but truly invest in this team. And I, I think that's where, you know, Yankee fans are finally seeing what other fans had to deal with when we look across the, the city at Steve Cohen. Steve Cohen is the the everyman's owner. If we had a, a crazy amount of, of buku bucks that we would want to spend on our favorite baseball team, we would go crazy. It's literally why they added the extra, the tax bracket level in the CBA is just to try to reel him in. And he's like, I don't care. I'm going to blow right past that. So, you know, that that's how the boss was when he had this team, when he was running this team. It didn't matter. He was going to spend on whatever was necessary to, to get the best players. And right now the Yankees have one of the best players in all of baseball in Aaron Judge. They need to lock him up long-term because if he is free agency, we're about to watch what happened with Freddie Freeman and the Atlanta Braves with Aaron Judge and the New York Yankees. Don't let it get there. Don't let it get there. Because let me tell you what, we'll have to hit that breaking news siren and say that Aaron Judge landed on another team. Don't let him get to free agency. Because there will be a bidding war, the likes of which we have not seen for a free agent in a very long time. So, those are my thoughts on the the state of where we are right now. Um, all the transactions and the thoughts on the moves that the Yankees have made thus far in the offseason. Uh, again, Recording this Friday morning before the Yankees play the Pittsburgh Pirates in Bradenton, Florida for the first spring training game of 2022. Uh, I don't know exactly how best to convey my excitement, my absolute just joy uh, of knowing that we have baseball back and being able to, to really feel that this 2022 season is happening. We're getting 162 games. This is going to be a, a wonderful day for baseball fans without question. And for me, I just want to thank you guys for joining me on the podcast today. I want to thank you for following the pinstripe plunge report on your podcast platform, Spotify, Apple podcast, uh, I want to encourage you to follow me on the Baseball Banter Broadcast podcast as well as on YouTube on the Baseball Banter Broadcast where we cover all things New York Yankees, all things Major League Baseball. Uh, so definitely give me a follow. Follow me on Twitter. Uh, we can continue conversations there. Again, Jay Quinte 19 uh, I want to thank you guys for tuning in and check it out next week as we bring you another episode of the Pinstripe Plunge podcast.